0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah. Welcome to the show, Chris Miles.
1: Hey, it's good to see you again, Victor.
0: Great to have you back. Well, Chris, on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the merits of passive versus active investing. But before we dive into the details, for those who didn't listen to the previous episode, you were here on the show December 5th of 2020. Why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, really basic. I started out as that mainstream financial advisor almost 20 years ago. You know, the typical salesman in a suit telling you to buy mutual funds and stocks and invest there and, and don't buy real estate because that's too slow of growth. It only grows 3% a year and all that kind of stuff. But after four years of doing that, I realized that the people that I was teaching weren't financially free. Like they weren't becoming financially free. And most importantly, guys like us, the financial advisors, I couldn't find one that was financially free themselves when I really started to pull back the curtains, right? Like none of them could retire off their own investments. That's which is why they had to keep working. They had to keep working day after day promoting financial freedom, but they weren't free themselves. So why would I keep teaching something that hasn't worked even for the best in that industry? So uh, 2006, I actually left. I vowed never to teach about money again. And that's about the same time I met guys that were real estate investors and business owners and and people that were like in their 20s and 30s or or self-made millionaires and and they were out of the rat race. And I started to model after them more. and, And in 2006 was the first time I became financially independent. 28 years old, did it right. And then I got greedy and stupid because I was in my 20s. And so I started falling for what a lot of people are falling for in the current markets, which is greed and impatience. So I started gambling with my real estate and other stuff. And therefore, when the recession hit, I got caught with my pants down. Long story short, went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. Had to dig back out of that hole slowly. But by December of 2016, I was actually out of the rat race the second time. I was financially independent again by the time I was 39. And so that's what I've been doing the last five years. Now I have my own podcast. I am teach people to do the opposite of what you're always taught in the mainstream media to do with money.
0: Well, one of the myths about investing is this whole notion of passive income. Mm. First of all, there's no such thing as a passive business. They're all active businesses. And we know lots of investors who are active in their business. Even if you are collecting mailbox money through rents, at the end of the day, you still have to manage your property manager. You still have to make decisions on your property. You're still managing the asset and so on. So a lot of investors come into the space one of two ways. They either start out as passive investors and migrate to active or they start out as active investors and migrate to passive. And I know you've seen both sides of that and wanted to have a little bit of a conversation around that transition, that interface between passive and active investing. And why would you want to go one way versus the other?
1: Yeah. Active investing, the one thing I tell people is if you're going to go that route, especially if you're coming from the passive to active, only pick something, pick a business that you love, regardless of the money, right? Like something that you'd really just be fascinated and just in love with. Because- There is no doubt when we do active investing, crap happens. It's not always fun. You've got to have some level of passion for it to want to stick with it and master it to really get good at it. Otherwise, you're just going to create another job for yourself and what kind of freedom is that? So if you're going to go more the active route, make sure it's something you enjoy, something that actually lights a little fire under you. Vice versa, you know, if you're active, you should have some passive investments too. You should be transitioning away from not just killing what you hunt, It's interesting because I see a lot of business owners, even active investors. And I call them active investors, but the truth is they're really active business owners, mostly. Like You might be in the money game, but there's a difference between running the business versus actually having money pay you. And like you said, there's no such thing as truly passive, sit on your butt type of income. Like There's always stewardship. There's always management involved. But I've, I've seen this rat race that active investors get caught up in where they get stuck. They get thinking that, They can only keep doing this business and they might make tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, but then they can never stop. Like if their business gets shut down by the government, because all of a sudden some crazy thing happens, they deem you as unnecessary. The next thing you know, you're scrambling for work. You're trying to find ways to make money because you're transactional. You didn't really build wealth. You built transactions. And there's a big difference between the two, creating income versus creating passive or residual income, you know, whether it be through your business or through investments that's key. you got to have both.
0: Well, that's right. I mean, money comes in one of three different ways. It either comes as active income, meaning almost like a job. The second is as residual income, meaning it's income that's thrown off from the residue of a business, or number three in capital gains. It really comes down to one of those three. Most of the wealth in the world has been created through some combination of number two or number three. There simply aren't enough hours in a lifetime. And like you said, you have to stop if you, if, if you stop, then so too does the income. You know, people talk about flipping as real estate investing. It's not. That's a manufacturing business. It's a manufacturing business that happens to use bricks and mortar and lumber and steel and all the rest to manufacture a product that happens to be soldered into the ground. But it's just a manufacturing business. So it's not really real estate investing. Investing is putting money to work for you as yes. opposed to you working for
1: the money. That's right. And that's ultimately the goal, you know, and, and I've, I've seen that trap, you know, I'm in mastermind groups of really high level, very successful and active investors, right? Where they're fixing flips, they're doing wholesaling, they're doing all kinds of strategies that way. But yeah, when it comes down to it, the question you have to ask yourself is, if my business were to stop, would I be okay? Could I keep going? If you've heard of the guy, Mike Michalowicz, who wrote the book, Profit First. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember hearing him speak a few years back and he said, listen, if you're always reinvesting in your business you're not profitable. You're not free. You're actually still in the rat race, still spending money. But when people say reinvest in the business, it sounds sexier than it really is. But in truth, you're just saying, no, I'm, I'm actually just spending all this money and putting it back in my business. I'm not profitable. So I think a key thing, especially if you're trying to transition away from just being the active investor only, you're saying, well, how do I do that? Now, first, like if you're just starting out as an active investor, a lot of your money will be going there. There's going to be different stages of business you're going to go through, right? So if you're just trying to ramp things up and get it going, great. Invest most, if not all your money to that direction, you know, have some good cash reserves, some good parachute money, so to speak, just in case something goes wrong, but make sure you've got that money reinvesting and building that business to get it launched off the ground. But once you've passed that launch phase, right, once you start getting systems in place, it starts to maneuver and manage itself. You have teams and people in place, and now you're starting to, now you're just growing the business, you're just trying to grow it for more and more scale, do not get caught in the trap where you think that you just got to keep reinvesting. If you get in that habit of always reinvesting back in the business, every dollar you've got, just to grow it, again, you're still creating a rat race. You've got to get out of that little hamster wheel. So the best thing you do is start funneling some of those profits off. Yes, you could still put money in the business. I'm not saying don't do that. But what I am saying is you should start taking some of this money out of the business for the specific purpose of generating multiple streams of income outside of that business outside of that and what kind of investment business you have and whatever that might be it might be you're investing with other guys you know guys that maybe are same space as you are but maybe you're doing some hard money lending you know short-term lending maybe you're doing some syndications maybe you're doing things with buying turnkey properties i've seen a lot of guys buying their own turnkey properties or keeping a portion so where they're not just wholesaling and flipping these properties they're keeping a few of them in their own portfolio saying hey these are my best cash fund properties I'm going to keep this for myself just to kind of keep a certain part. It's almost like tithing back to yourself. When you tithe to give to charity or give to your church, where it might be like 10%, you should also be doing that for yourself for buying investments. I'm not saying it should be 10%. It might be 20%, 25% or something more. But taking that, siphoning some of that money to use specifically for building your own portfolio so that if anything happens, you still got those multiple streams of income coming in and you start getting to the point where you say, you know what? I'm doing this business because I love it. And I know I'm making a difference, not because I need the paycheck. I don't need the millions of dollars I'm doing it because I want to, not because I have to.
0: Well, I love the way you said that. And I think it's an important conversation for partners to have. It's one of those fundamental alignment conversations that if the business generates a dollar of profit, how much of that dollar profit gets distributed to the shareholders of the business yeah. versus what percentage gets reinvested. And if you don't have that fundamental alignment on that one key point, it's going to be very difficult to keep that partnership sustainable over a longer period of time.
1: Yeah. And you got to keep your lifestyle in control too. That's the other thing that gets really intoxicating, right, is you keep paying yourself more and more and more and more and more, but then your lifestyle just increases, but your portfolio doesn't. And you got to be careful of that trap too. And I'm not saying everybody does it again. I'm not saying postpone and delay life until finally someday when you make it, because that's the other mistake. People take it to the extreme. If you notice, the truth is almost always right in the middle. Like there's always the two extremes and then the part with wisdom is right in the middle somewhere. And so enjoy life, feel free to have a good, comfortable life and a good living for your family. But at the same time, remember too, don't just increase your means and what you're spending and that takes away from your creating your freedom too.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And I have this discussion often with team members. I have it with various folks that I, I built relationships with and that's the whole question of, What's the goal? A lot of people say, well, my goal is fill in the blank. It might be six figures or seven figures or eight figures, whatever the goal might be. And for me, increasingly, I tell myself, I literally do this on a daily basis. Even if it's a tough day, whether it's a good day or a bad day, it doesn't matter. I tell myself that the goal is actually the journey. For example, right now we're sitting through a court case. In fact, now we're not the plaintiff. We're not The defendant, we happen to be invested in the plaintiff. So the defendant happens to be a, I won't go into the details, but, and it's a difficult day. It's a difficult, well, it's a difficult multiple days sitting, observing these court proceedings. And at the same time, I'm appreciative of the learning. I'm appreciative of the education of just sitting there being able to witness the whole process. I'm saying, well, if I wasn't in this business doing this right now, I wouldn't have the opportunity to go through this kind of an education and observe what happens firsthand under evidence and cross-examination and all the rest. It's very eye-opening. And it's one of those things that you know nobody would relish that opportunity, but it is an extraordinary education. So it's all part of the journey. And that's the part that I personally am finding so enriching. It doesn't matter what it is, how easy or difficult it is. It's the journey.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that, that experience you gain is just invaluable. You know, that's, that's the one thing I realized that a lot of the things that end up being the biggest money makers in our life is the experiences we gain, which ironically often don't cost us any money. It's just being in the right place, doing the right things, being at the right time. And, and like you said, being a place of learning. You could have flipped it and, and been in a place of saying, man, this is just a waste of my time. Why am I here? But you're saying, no, I actually am grateful to be here because look at what I'm experience I'm gaining. How can this help me in my business? How can this ensure that, I'm going to do the right things and ensure that my business is strong and that my life is essentially uh, not worry-free, not problem-free, because crap still happens, but at least you, you just gain some invaluable wisdom that people just don't normally get.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So for investors that are maybe currently in passive investments and they're eyeing the possibility of getting into an active investment, let's talk about that transition.
1: Everything's based on bandwidth. I mean, if you're trying to work a full-time job and you've got passive investments or even work an overtime job and you've got passive investments, active investing is going to be tough to squeeze in. That's where the passive investments could help buy some of your time back to be able to make the transition so the leap is not as big. For example, many times I get people and they're asking me to help them create a plan and stuff. It's like, they're like, yeah, my goal is 10,000, 20, 30,000 a month passive income, right? Well, if their job's paying them 200,000 a year, the goal is try to get at least replace that income, $200,000. Well, if they get their passive investments, paying them at least $100,000. Well, now all we have is this $100,000 a year gap. And it might be able to be okay to do that within an active business, an active real estate business. But again, it's got to be done with, with the right things. You can't just be at the place where you need the money. Because when you get the place of needing money, when you're desperate for money, that's when you work three, four, five times harder in business than what you make versus when you don't. So if you're trying to make that jump, I would say a few things is, is one, you know, get your passive income up to a certain level where making that leap, that transition, it makes it easy, gain the experience, partner some deals on some people first. So you're not in it by yourself. you actually have some training wheels, so to speak, right? You've got some people that have been there, done that, and still doing it, helping you out and give you some experience while you're trying to make that transition. The other thing I would do is I would start setting aside quite a bit of money for cash reserves. You might put away a full year's worth of expenses, maybe more, depending on how you feel the transition might be. You know, put that money away and just don't touch it. Use that as a way to live. So then you again, you don't need the money. You don't get come off desperate, especially if you're in a transactional business. You do not want to be the desperate person because people are just going to stay away from you. They're going to, you're going to repel business. Basically, you're going to work way harder. So I would just say that get those foundations set. It's exciting to jump into something like that. But Make sure you're doing it with the right wisdom and timing.
0: I love it. Well, Chris, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way?
1: Yeah, you know, you're always free to welcome to to check out my own podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show, which I've got on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. And of course, I've got my website, moneyripples.com. You know, I've got a lot of blogs and other things on there, information as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you for the perspective. Always enjoy the time we get to spend together. And for the listeners at home, definitely check out Chris at moneyripples.com or his podcast, The Chris Miles Podcast. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.